Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And what's up? Welcome in GC Live. He is Chris Clark. I am Wes Mitchell. This show is, as always, brought to you by our good friend Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network. Uh, give Clint a shout, 803-771-6933. ClintHammond.com is how you can find out more information. And, of course, his NMLS number is 71597. Email is chammond at mortgagenetwork.com. Uh, Clint, a guy that is not only a Gamecock fan, but also as a Gamecock Central supporter and a huge supporter of GC Live, as you can tell. So all we ask is that if you're in that market to possibly buy a home or possibly refinance your house, just give Clint a chance. Let him earn your business. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Chris, a admittedly slightly abbreviated show that we're going to have here today, but we felt like we could not leave y'all hanging on a Monday. Preseason camp is well underway. Little little bit of a quiet weekend. It was kind of that this happens these days where you have for the team, they're still grinding away. They had practices on Saturday, practices on Sunday, practice this morning. A little bit of a lull in the media availabilities. So uh it seemed I would say very quiet around here for a couple of days. But for the guys in the Garnet and Black, they're still grinding right away. They are, uh, and the team, in fact, media availability schedule for today, Wes, they got off the field a little bit later than anticipated, so it was a pretty lengthy media availability as far as the window. Four four different players spoke. We had we got a lot of questions, actually, on the Insiders Forum on Gamecock Central over the weekend and this morning. Hey, guys, anything from practice? And so we kind of just explained, you know, reiterated the schedule. Again, no media availability over the weekend, no viewing windows. We will have – a practice viewing window on Tuesday morning, tomorrow morning, August the 10th at 940, if I'm not mistaken. We'll get to see some more practice that day, so more returns of kind of our personal observations will be on Gamecock Central. But got to hear from Kevin Harris today and then three of the guys in the receiver room and uh, Jalen Brooks and Josh Van and also Chad Terrell all spoke with the media after practice today. Yeah, so Chris, I I, t- I didn't know what to title the show. I was trying to get the uh, YouTube event created, and I titled it 
what have we learned after four practices? And I, I don't want to sit here and then answer that question with nothing because that, that you know, I shouldn't have put that as the title if that's going to be the answer. So mm-hmm. we got to come up with something to give them. I, I will say this. Uh, and by the way, what's up to everybody in the chat? Uh, I see actually quite a bit. Glad y'all stuck around and, and hung around for 2.30. A little bit of a late start here. Um, what's up to Donnie Soul? I was actually at Dutch Fork today watching Dutch Fork scrimmage Greenville. Saw Donnie's kid. Um, big number 17 out there, Nick Soul, a, a great-looking prospect. Obviously, he's watching Antonio Williams out there. Dude, Greenville has some loaded with talent as well. So, Maybe if we have time, we'll get into that. Certainly, I'll have some thoughts on Gamecock Central at some point. Uh, but, Chris, I guess we need to start with Kevin Harris. I know you were there when he spoke. He gave a quick update. What was sort of I, – I saw what y'all said, but what was the vibe as far as how he feels about the injury? Um, did you get the vibe that he's back? I know he didn't really give a timetable, but he said, I'll be back for week one. Um what can you share about what Kevin Harris had to say? Yeah, and he, he said he feels good, which I don't know that, listen, in a setting like that, not sure you could count on Kevin Harris or another player to get up there and say, I don't feel so great, you know, but he, he did reiterate that a few times that he feels good. Uh, he, he walked into the room and, and looked totally fine, but obviously walking into a room versus, you know, getting, getting bashed in in practice and in a game situation, a little bit different. Um, but looked fine, said he felt fine. Like you said, Wes, a couple different ways said that there's no particular time frame right now for him to get back, but he was asked directly, do you expect to be back for the opener? Do you expect to be in the lineup? And he said, yes, I do. So uh, if that holds, fantastic news for South Carolina, but still some time to go to, to get Kevin full go uh, for either a return to practice or a game situation. Yeah, and you know, Chris, the, the more I think about it, man, so we're it's August 9th right now, right? September 4th, season opener. I think the key for Kevin Harris is not just to get back for week one, but to get back full go, completely cleared early enough that you're able to get back completely in football shape. I, I don't know what, you know, we're not there. I don't know what he's allowed to do right now, what he's not allowed to do. I'm not trying to to make a bigger deal out of it than it is, but there is something to be said for, you know, Kevin has the experience. It's not a thing where it's like you don't know what you're going to get from Kevin Harris. You know what you're going to get from Kevin Harris, but there's a difference in being in regular shape and being in football shape, being in game shape. So to me, that would be the biggest key for Kevin will be to get back early enough to just get back out there, get a feel for it again, get your feet under you, and not be in a situation where you're trying to catch your wind um, in, in game situations, in my opinion, man. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, if you – a guy getting cleared right before game one – and, yeah, you know, I think there's an underrated part of this, Wes. This is a new offense, and Kevin missed some time during the spring, right? So, yes, he has experience. He's been around the program a couple years. He obviously had a fantastic year last season. But this is a different offense. There's different terminology. There's schematically some different things. So even a guy like Kevin Harris, anybody on this team, you know, they need those physical reps, those mental reps as much as possible. Even before, you know, this is a team. Look, Carolina should be able to take care of Eastern Illinois in week one, even if they walked in shorthanded. 
that's not something you ever want to take for granted. But point is, you know, you don't want to rush a guy back, not just because of an injury, but like you said, Wes, getting a guy, if he's not in tip-top game shape, you want him in tip-top game shape for when he does return. You don't want to sacrifice, you know, a guy's well-being, a guy's health, you know, just to rush him back. So certainly there's been no rush on the Kevin Harris front. I'm sure they'll take their time with that. Right now, from what he's saying, what Shane Beamer has said, they, they do expect him back week one, and, you know, it is an ongoing process. Jason's saying that my mic is a good bit lower than Chris's. I am I just messed with the settings. It's supposed to be automatic, but um, I don't know. Ho- hopefully, Jason, uh, maybe you can give me a little sound check there. Can you hear me a little bit better now? Always working through the kinks here. That's the, the beauty of going live. You just never know. Uh, Chris... Some other guys spoke. Uh, I know you were there. Um, any, anything else catch your attention other other than Jalen Brooks um, being amazed with how much mini golf is in Myrtle Beach? I, I don't know how that came up, um, but I, I saw Colin mention that on, on Twitter. So, but but anything else as far as I know, Josh Van is, is one of those guys, man. That it, you, you hear some positive things out of the spring. I, I know a lot of fans are probably in show me mode there but still a kid that comes in as a four-star highly recruited highly rated we we're talking to somebody the other day i mean georgia really wanted this kid this was not like georgia just passed on him and, and South Carolina got him so um you kind of get the feeling man i don't know if this is fair but you kind of get the feeling this is like that that final opportunity for for josh to go out there and 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 make some plays and, and make a name for himself so what, what what did you take away from from hearing from some other receivers today well, I, I thought it was a really interesting group of receivers, right? Because um, three got, especially the first two, uh, not to be unfair to Chad Terrell, but uh, Josh Van and Jalen Brooks, who t- spoke, both spoke before Chad Terrell, they have been mentioned more coming out of spring. You know, the, we've seen them draw first team reps. Uh, we've seen Shane Beamer, Justin Stepp, and public opportunities both speak highly of them as being guys that were productive. Pete Limbo, you know, on special teams has talked highly about Josh Van and and his kind of uh, steadiness in the punt return game and how he's got a chance there. All of those guys that spoke today all have had kind of interesting and, and frankly difficult journeys and paths. And so three guys that South Carolina is counting on, especially those first two, to take a big step forward has not clicked for any of them so far in their careers for different reasons. And Jalen Brooks, I, I thought he was fantastic today. He really was very honest about all of it. He he just he admitted that last season he was in a poor headspace. He kind of wasn't all there. Um, part of it he attributed to the fact that, you know, he just did not know week to week. He's practicing. He's doing all the things he's supposed to do. When is he ever going to get cleared? Then he gets cleared. Obviously had some disappointing moments and doesn't, you know, doesn't play as well as he anticipated or anybody anticipated. And so that was difficult for him. Um, He said, even when he was on the field, you know, there was just so much uncertainty and and it was a difficult situation. So he feels a lot better now, feels more confident. Josh Van was pretty open, Wes. He kind of went year by year. He said, look, my freshman year, I was behind some guys. I showed some flashes. Sophomore year, I was behind some guys, didn't do much. Last season, it was COVID. He got banged up. Wasn't a great year. So he he had a lot of smiles and a lot of positivity, though, about the situation. And Chad Terrell, same deal, Wes. This is a guy where 
he admitted there was a time where he wasn't sure if he was going to play football again, not necessarily that he couldn't physically do it, but just the difficulty of, you know, rehabbing two ACL injuries, essentially back to back just wears on you. But, uh, but he, he said he attacked it. He decided to go for it, said he feels good. Now he feels confident. He's in a good place. So that's three guys that have had some struggles uh, that seem to be now, again, the adversity has been minimal, you know, going into the season, but they all credited the new staff and a lot of other people, trainers, things like that, but a lot more positive, you know, going into this year. And so hopefully for them and the hope is for South Carolina, you know, those guys can turn in the best production that they have, you know, to, in their careers to date. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's something to be said, Chris, for Jalen Brooks, just ma- making the jump that he did last year, as far as the level of you know ball you're playing and being in the SEC and going from playing I don't know how many fans he played in front of before but then all of a sudden you're you're on ESPN you're in these massive stadiums now it wasn't full capacity last year obviously but point being you're still looking around and you're you're in a brand new place right like you're this is a different arena you're in at this point and just sort of you know remember the back and forth oh we we expect Jalen Brooks to, to be cleared. Then he's not. Mm-hmm. Then there was hope again. Then he wasn't. And then it was like, boom, he's cleared. Go play ball. And, that you know, that that is not easy. And I, I think once – there's so much of this that is mental. Once you're down on yourself or second-guessing yourself, you have a couple of drops. Um, you know, it, it, it sometimes it's tough for guys to, to get back, especially with everything else that was going on last year. I mean, dude, in my opinion, guys like J.C. Horn aren't talking you up in practice unless you do have some ability. Like, you, you're, you've got something going for you. I distinctly remember in the interview that Steve Fink, because remember, none of us were allowed to actually go do interviews at the time. Steve Fink was getting video interviews after practice. And he talked to J.C. Horn, and he was bragging on this new Jalen Brooks guy. That doesn't happen if you don't have some ability to go play the game of football. Now, we've seen guys in the past that have are, are great in practice. Can you transition it to the game field? Do, you know, does it translate? We'll see, but if you're South Carolina, you're looking for hope. Um Brooks is going to be a guy. I feel like, Chris, he's going to get every opportunity to go show he can do it. And if you're South Carolina, you are going to need him to go do it. Yeah, and and I think, look, Brooks is there to carry on joiners in that category. He did not speak today, but he's in there. And and Van is a really interesting one to me, Wes, because, I mean, you and I, I mean, we'll go to our grave saying it. We were very high on this kid out of high school. He has ability. Okay, you don't you don't magically lose it there's a question of whether or not it will ever translate to practice in the field. I mean, that's fair, right, based on what we've seen. So can he do it? Will it happen? What we do know is there a better chance for many reasons of it happening this year. Like I said, strong look at punt return with Pete Limbo. Seems to be have been happy with him. Justin Stepp, I distinctly remember him earlier this year talking about how Josh Fan had really come on the last two weeks of spring. And it, in the kind of – the, the whole thing today was kind of like an honesty hour from a lot of the guys. So Josh said, look, I, admittedly, 
I did not have the best attitude of kind of sitting behind and waiting my turn. So that kind of carried over, it seems like, to his practice habits and how engaged he was. This is a guy that was used to, and he talked about this today, he was used to being the man in high school. When it was time to make a play, the ball was going to Josh. Well, that hasn't happened as much. And so to, to go off what you were saying earlier, Wes, the mental aspect of it, waiting your turn can be hard. And then if you get your opportunity and you don't come through, that becomes another layer to that mental aspect. But again, Josh, lots of smiles today. He said, look, it, it feels great right now that I that I do have the opportunities in practice, you know, whether it's punt return, whether it's receiver, you know, to go and to be counted on to make some plays. So that's something it, having a renewed confidence could help him because this is a guy that has some ability. Yeah, so we'll see how all that goes, man. Um, I, I tend to, and this is nothing new. I think we've probably said this many times. I tend to think we're going to see a lot of two tight ends and, and whether that's um, a true two tight ends, like two tight ends connected to the line. I don't think we're going to see quite as much of that, but I think it's going to be more like if you looked at the depth chart, oh, that guy's a tight end, Jaheim Bell, for example, but really he's lining up all over the place. And I I think you have some guys that sort of, you know, Jaheim Bell really just has a, has gotten attached to the idea of, I, I want to be moved around. I can do anything. I can be used in multiple ways. And I think he can excel in that. And I, I do think that could potentially take a little bit of pressure off of what we're all expecting out of the wide receivers. Um, I was trying to think today, man, you tell me if, if, if anybody catches, I guess, pops to your head on this. I was trying to think who are the guys on this roster right now that are not household names that by the end of the season will be household names. Now, it's kind of sometimes because we're around it all the time. I even I struggle to like differentiate. Like, does the av- does the average fan know this guy, or does the hardcore fan know this guy? Is he is he known outside of Columbia? You know, like the South Carolina space. What what are, what are the definitions we're using to sort of define this? You could go multiple different ways. But I dare say outside of South Carolina, certainly, and maybe even just your random average fan, I think your your like good fan, your fan that pays attention, knows who Jaheim Bell is. Does the average fan walking into Williams Bryce Stadium at this point follow recruiting, follow the other stuff enough? to like know who Jaheim is. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, y'all tell me, but as far as that question goes, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I feel like Jaheim Bell, especially on offense, is the guy with the best chance to not really be a household name before the season. And very quickly people be like, man, that guy's catching a lot of passes in this offense. Yeah, that is a good pick. And, and I think another part or layer to that question that you asked is, Generally, if you're talking about household names and guys that are going to get recognition, it's probably not going to be an offensive lineman. I hate it for those guys. It should be if an offensive lineman really has a great year. But, you know, those guys aren't as likely. It's not as glamorous a position. Typically, 
guys that have the best chance to really kind of emerge are quarterbacks that touch the ball every play, running backs, receivers, anybody that touches the ball. And then on defense, you know, guys that either make big hits, make a lot of plays, or sack the quarterback. Like, that's your main guy. So, I, dude, do, do Gamecock fans even realize how good J.J. Anibari is? Like, just your, your casual fan, I don't know. I'm being serious. Like, I don't know that as many people as should realize how good of a player he is, that he could be a top-two-round NFL guy if he has another really good year. I'm not sure. I would think that more people probably know who Jordan Birch is than J.J. Anibare, like on just a very casual kind of level, I think. But uh, Anibare may be a decent pick for that one. I, I, I just don't feel like as many people – you know, know who he is, but I like your Jaheen Bell pick too. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Jordan's Jordan Birch's recruiting process became so talked about that, that every, everybody sort of knows who he is. Not, I, I think if, if you went around the league, you're looking at it from an sec media standpoint or just average sec fans. I, I, I think most of them would, would know who Nick Barry is just because he pops up on these sec like all SEC type lists. Um, but yeah, as far as being like the next great South Carolina pass rusher that gets drafted um, in the first couple of rounds, then yeah, maybe he maybe doesn't get, uh, you know, that that type of attention. I, I think dude, for most of last year, Kevin Harris didn't really get the love compared to the production. And then – towards the end of the year, and then this offseason, I feel like Kevin Harris's name has sort of grown. Some of it, I believe, is people outside of this market picking up that media guide and look and being like, well, this guy is like the leading returning guy in the SEC as far as numbers go. Right. Yeah, it, it was. It was kind of a – South Carolina football last year was not appointment viewing for people. I mean, just kind of call like it is, even for some Gamecock fans. And so some people almost took it as, ah, you know, Kevin, even if you kind of saw the stats come through, ah, whatever, you know, they got beat and you know, won two games and Kevin Harris did this. We don't really know the context. If you actually watch the games, it was still impressive, right? And we watch the games every week. And so you can see what he's doing in those situations. And it was impressive. So it was, like you said, a little bit of the benefit of hindsight where, the, the seasons in the rearview mirror, you kind of take a look back at what happened last season, what teams are returning, and then you say, oh, yeah, this guy's a pretty good player. Uh, you go back and look at the stats, you look at the grades, all these different type things. When you're in it, people didn't realize it as much. Yeah, no doubt, man. So, all right, we've, we've witnessed one bit of one practice. We'll get to witness a bit of another practice tomorrow. Um you know, I was trying to think of how to answer that question. What have we learned so far? And I'm there's a point that I should have made on Friday that I actually thought about after the fact, man. Did it strike – was it noteworthy to you? Was it newsworthy to you that Beamer and the staff decided not to use the indoor facility – with it raining on Friday. Because that was the first practice. First day out, everybody's pumped up. You know, if it's if it's a midweek practice during the season, you don't you probably don't want a guy stepping wrong and slipping and 
you have this beautiful indoor facility, right? I'm completely being one of those people that like reads into things and tries to read somebody's mind and, and, and stuff like that. But it would have been very easy just to slide practice over to that indoor facility. I wonder, did Beamer not want to send the message? Day one, this is the first preseason, like fall practice, first camp practice of your head coaching career. I think he wanted to send the message. We ain't going inside just because it's raining. We want to attack with a mindset. Am I overthinking or is there something to that? There could be something to that. I mean, we, we typically see during practices, regular practice, if it's not raining, they're out on the field. You know, we see guys that are still rehabbing or injured go in the indoor and we see specialists go in the indoor and get some work as well. When they're not actually on the field, we see that. So, you know, was part of it logistics or was part, I don't know, but I, I could certainly see your point. It was also, it was not a torrential downpour either. That's my other question. If we're really going to overanalyze this thing, if it was absolutely pouring, would they have moved inside? I don't know. It was it was wet enough to where I got lots of comments in our in our post practice video about my hairstyle because it had been rained on so much. Uh, but it was not a downpour. It was kind of a, a sprinkling throughout, if you will. But that's a good point. You know what? I think we should just go with that. That's going to be the official line of reasoning, and I, I can appreciate the over analysis there. Yeah, according to sources, source according equals sources. equals right. my head. Source yes. is my brain. Um, but no, I mean, I, I I really could be overthinking it. But in the the it got worse and worse as it went on, as far as the rain goes. But I, I just I just think it was it would kind of be a bad sign if you know if yeah if it's pouring outside you probably have to go inside. But if you're like, oh man, it's raining a little bit, uh, we can't handle that. That that just sends a very bad day one message to the team. So, yeah, dude, you got Chris. You were getting these. Some people love to comment on on how you look on on screen. It, it seems, but they were they were making they were making fun of your hair and your your waterlogged look. Yes. Hey, it's it's okay. I'm used to it by now. It does hurt my feelings at the end of the day, a lot of times. But I'll I'll get through it. I think. All right, what, what else we got, man? What, what do we need to hit But before we get out of here? Again, it's going to be an abbreviated show. Yep. Um, Chris and I, I'll tell you all exactly what we're doing. We actually have another phone call uh, with the folks at Still Hands. We are locking in final details on the kickoff party. Uh, hopefully, everybody here in the chat, everybody that's uh, listening on the podcast, I'm going to put the link in the chat here shortly for those of you who watch the show live. Chris, hopefully they're all going to come out and join us. I, I would assume that everybody listening is going to be at the party. August 20th, Gamecock Central preseason kickoff party at Steel Hands. Going to be an awesome time. Official start time, West 7 o'clock is what we're calling the official start time. Yeah, event start at 7. Yep. Um, by the way, if, you, if you're on the VIP side, come see me and Chris. We're going to be out there early. I would say informal, but we're going to be talking some football, talking some recruiting at, at 6 o'clock. 107.5 will be out there starting at 4 o'clock, maybe before. Um, we shall see, but definitely from 4 on to there. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Uh, special guests, Patrick Davis and the Midnight Choir, bringing their band. 
for a concert. It's going to be a really fun night. So check out the VIP package, Wes. Like you said, it's going to drop the link. Hey, we need to find out, Wes, Patrick Bowen, and I think he asked this last show. I'm sorry we didn't get to it last time. Is Steel Hands Handicap accessible? I think so. I think it has to be. I think it has to be. But, again, we're going to be on a call actually in about three minutes. So we will find out that for sure. But I think it has to be. Yeah, I think it does. Um, yeah, should be good. And and I do know that I'm just sitting there trying to think of the layout. I don't even know if there's stairs anywhere or anything like that. And I think, yeah, so I think I think everything's good on that front. So should be good. We'll double check. Appreciate you asking that question. Yes. Um, at some point, Chris, we are, I would imagine, going to go back to a show every day. Right? You think? Yeah. That's that's the game plan. That's the game plan. I believe we're roughly actually obligated. <laughs> we're not, but um maybe after the party, after we get all that situated, settled, we get the party out of the way that following week. We go to every day. Yeah. Potentially. Okay. Well, let's let's write that in pencil and go with yeah. that. All right, y'all. For real. Appreciate y'all joining us. Sorry for the abbreviated show, but we didn't want to leave you hanging. We actually will have plenty to talk about later on that week and uh, later on this week, I should say, because we will be able to go watch practice tomorrow for a little bit. So we'll have some new observations, some new stuff to talk about, some new player availabilities between now and then as well. Appreciate y'all, as always. Appreciate the support. We'll see you very, very soon. Um, Y'all have a good one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.